Once again, it is good to have Brad Dacus here, and he's going to fill us in on so many things that are going on. It's a shame that in the United States, we need to have ministries to keep preachers out of jail, not to mention God's people, keep the doors open, etc., keep sin as much as possible at bay. Praise God for the prayer closet where that works, but I'm going to let him talk about the rest. Okay, come on, yeah, brother. Very good. Good to be here. Well, there really isn't much going on. Um, no, I'm just teasing. <laughs> oh, it's, uh, we live in an exciting time, don't we? Uh, what uh, all that's taking place. Uh, let's, let's pray. Father, we, uh, we thank you that you are on the throne. That no matter what is happening, Lord God, nothing takes you by surprise. Father, we pray, Lord, that you will uh, equip us, Father, as, uh, as your servants. Uh, if people have, have received you as their Lord and Savior, Father, we want you to use us. And for those who have not been saved, Father, let us uh, share the good news so that they can experience a fulfilled life with a, a risen Savior that is not distant, but is very, very close and with us, uh, even to the end of the age, no matter what we face. Uh, we pray for your spirit now, Father, to, to speak and, uh, and let your, your word uh, come alive to us now this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. It's really interesting how I got here, by the way, because a little bit more information. So yesterday uh, afternoon, I was uh, speaking at a Korean church, and they are having a special event for parents who are interested in homeschooling. Now, I thought there would be maybe two or three couples there. Oh, no. It was pretty... You know, lots and lots of people there, but 200. They were there just because they, they think it's time, they want to know how to homeschool. Um, and this is so exciting to see that in that community. And uh, so I was one of the speakers and talking about that. And one of the other speakers, Adran Reese, was sitting right next to me. And she got this text from Senator um, Morell and, and saying, you know, he's not able to, to attend the church. Now, why she got this text from him saying that, I, I don't know why, because she wasn't going to be up here. I didn't know what was, so she just said, so for some reason, he texted her, and she says, huh, it looks like Mike Morell is not going to be speaking at the church. He goes, huh, Brad, do you, do you think you might want to take his place? I go, well, sure, I love to preach. So where is it at? I, I don't know. Where, where, you know but, but yeah, I'll be happy to go. So uh, just sort of, you know, because I thought this is one of those things that God thinks, you know, you never know what he's going to do. We, I've learned in life, the older I get, the more uh, room to give for God to do his thing and not to be so rigid on my schedule and what I'm doing, but to be open to how things move. So um, as it turns out, yeah. So I, I uh, actually I flew up last night and got up here because I couldn't get an early, an early enough flight. And uh, it's been great. It's been great. So it's, uh, and plus, I told Pastor Mike I love spending time with him and his wife and just catching up. So this is a, a great, great time. Um, now, we live in tough times in many ways. But I want to take, go back into the Word and look at a time when times were arguably the toughest, the biggest of threats. That is the entire annihilation and killing of the people of, of God. The, the, the Jewish people who are in the Median Persian Empire. And uh, so open up you, the word, if you will, to um, Esther, the book of Esther. And uh, we're going to go through, I'm going to 
try to go through it like the whole thing because the end is where I want to make, I think, the biggest application. But I can't really just jump to the end without giving uh, the storyline. So uh, this is usually a more expository, just verse, verse, verse. But I really had this on my heart. In fact, I was thinking about this about uh, two weeks ago in particular. So this is uh, the first presentation of it. So you're, you're my guinea pigs. You can see, <laughs> see what you think. Anyway, but um, so I'm going to just give some, some summaries building up. So, in, in, so we have, uh, you know, in the day, it says, uh, now it came about in the days of uh, king, it was a, it's a king, uh, uh, Asherah, Azarus. I'm going to say Azarus because I'm not the best at pronunciating. We'll just go with that. Um, and uh, now he reigned from India even unto Ethiopia over a, a hundred and seventy seven and twenty provinces. I mean, this is a huge, the Median Persian Empire is huge, right? Little backdrop. Uh, where, what pre- uh, preceded them was the Babylonian Empire. And the Babylonians were the ones who took uh, the people from Israel into slavery uh, to, to Babylon. And so when that fell, then the Jews in, who were, were there, who had not gone back uh, to, uh, to Israel, um, they were there in the Median Persian Empire uh, under this, this king. So in chapter 1, just to summarize, uh, he has a wife, and he thinks she's awesome. Uh, he orders her to come out at this party they're having so he can show her off, and other guests can look at it and see how beautiful she is. And, she's, and she says, no way, I'm not going. And he is really upset that he, she did not obey his command. And the, uh, the empire was, uh, the advisors were concerned that if, if he lets her get away with this and other wives throughout the kingdom will not obey their husbands either. It's really interesting when you look at this. Um, and so, he, you know, so he went and says, okay, that's it. I'm done with her. She's not, I'm going to get a new wife, get a new queen. So in chapter two, uh, they go out and try to, pers- to, to look to find him. Uh, you know, a replacement, if you will. And in comes Esther. Uh, and Esther is interesting. So uh, in verse seven, chapter 2, ver- uh, actually, I'll, I'll, I'll spare a little on time here. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, chapter 2, verse 7, it says, And he brought up um, uh, Hadassah, that is Esther, his uncle's daughter. Okay, so she was brought up. Uh, for she had neither father nor mother. She was an orphan. Right, and, uh, and 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 the maid was fair and beautiful, whom Mordecai, when her father and mother were dead, took for his own daughter. So Mordecai, um, a cousin, older cousin, presumably, uh, was taking care of her. She's an orphan, and she is one of the ones that are being looked at to see if this is a good candidate uh, to be queen. And God gives her, grants her tremendous favor. Uh, she becomes a queen. Now, mind you, that Mordecai made it clear to her, do not let people know that you're Jewish, okay? Now, why do you think that was the case? Because um, it, this is not like the United States of America where we all try to you know, treat each other the same. The Jewish people were persecuted. They've always been persecuted. But this was going to be a negative. This wasn't an asset for her to say, hey, I'm Jewish. That was, uh, and, and Mordecai wanted, uh, wanted her to, to progress and and uh, so she kept that to herself. Uh, it, was that an accident? No, it was very strategic. And we'll see how God did this later on, uh, strategically, how he, he, she was granted favor. So this is where we're at right now. 
And then chapter 3, this is where we start seeing the conflict of what happens. So um, uh, Haman, uh, I'm going to say Haman, maybe, is it Haman or Haman? What do you, Haman, Haman, thank you, (laughs) appreciate it. Because I want you guys to learn these words correctly. I don't want to get you uh, with the wrong words. If you're preaching someday and you say Haman, then that would not be good. So Haman. So after these things uh, did uh, Asherah promote Haman, the son of uh, Hamadetha, the Agagite, and advanced him and set his seat above all the princesses uh, that were with him. Uh, Verse 2. So this guy, he's been promoted. He's like, this is really awesome. He's really promoted. Um, In verse 2, and all the king's servants that were in the king's gate bowed and reverenced Haman, for the king had so commanded concerning him. But Mordecai bowed not, nor did him reverence. So, what was, a, what was going on here? This, it doesn't really say the explanation, if you will. Uh, it could be because perhaps Mordecai uh, knew his heart and did not want to to recognize this person. Maybe it was because uh, Mordecai felt that to bow to him uh, was maybe taking away from the honoring of God. Um, We see a similarity to this uh, with Daniel a little bit in the book of Daniel. But uh, whatever the the case, so he did not not bow uh, to uh, Haman. Um, And then verse 3, Then the king's servants, which were in the king's gate, said unto Mordecai, why transgressest thou the king's commandment? Um, so in verse 4, Now it came to pass when they spake daily unto him, and he hearkened not unto them, that they told Haman to see whether Mordecai's uh, matters would stand. For he had told them that he was a Jew. And uh, so now we start seeing the plot thicken here as, as we move on. Uh, verse 5, And when Haman saw that Mordecai bowed not, nor did him reverence, then was Haman full of wrath. Okay, now we're starting to see things build here. Um, Verse 6. And he thought scorn to lay hands on Mordecai alone. For they had not, for they had shewed him uh, the people of Mordecai. Wherefore Haman sought to destroy all the Jews that were throughout the whole kingdom of, of, king, of, of Asherah, even the people of Mordecai. Uh, so this is building not just Mordecai. Now it's a hatred towards all the Jews, right? Verse 7. In the first month, that is the month of Nisan, in the twelfth year of King Asherah, they cast Pur, that is the lot, before Haman from day to day and from month to month, to the twelfth month, that is the month of Adar. So we see here this, this building up. Haman wants to kill the Jews. Now, is Haman the king? No, he's way up there, but he's not the king. Verse 8, Haman makes his move. And Haman said unto King Asherus, There's a certain people scattered abroad and dispersed among the people in all the provinces. Of thy kingdom. So we're looking, this is huge. Um, is the Median Persian Empire a little empire? No, it's, it's a big one. It's, it's, it's one of the, the big ones. Uh, you know, when the Babylonian Empire was huge, Median Persian Empire was huge, the Greek Empire was huge, and the Roman Empire was huge. So this is a, a, a big empire. Uh, 
at that time. And the, and the Jews were scattered. Uh, so it says, and their laws are diverse from all people. Neither keep thy king's laws. Therefore, it is not for the king's prophet. Um, therefore, uh, it is not for the king's prophet to suffer them. In verse 9, if it please the king, let it be written that they may be destroyed and I will pay 10,000 talents of silver to the, uh, to the hands of those that have the charge of the business to bring it un- into the king's treasures. So he was making his move. And now we see the king's response, verse 10. And the king took his ring from his hand and gave it unto Haman, the son of uh, Hamadatha, uh, the Agagite, uh, the Jew's enemy. Verse 11, and the king said unto Haman, the silver is given to thee, the people also, to do with them as it seemeth good to thee. Uh, this is a terrible situation now, because he is now with the, with the signia, with the authority, uh, giving forth the order for the Jews to be killed. It's interesting, it uh, actually gives us the actual date. It's going to be done on March the 7th. Now, this is, it's not like, you know, a few days later, actually, it's some good bit of time. Uh, we're talking about months ahead of time uh, before this was actually taking place. And people say, why did he do it so late? Maybe he was wanting the people to prepare to make sure that this is done once and for all. Maybe it was to, to torture Mordecai and all the Jewish people to be consumed with fear, perhaps, as, they penned, as their pending death becomes certain uh, and, and total genocide. Um, you know, the, we don't know, but this is just sort of a, to, to think this, this Haman is just filled with, with hate and rage against God's chosen people. So uh, this is a, a, a very dire situation. The conflict is there. Uh, the Jews are going to be killed. The end. No, that's not the end. You know what's great uh, about God is that when things seem like it's the end, it's often not the end. Um, we have a powerful God that changes history, that parts waters, that makes the blind to see. When we think that there is no hope, we have an awesome, powerful God of hope. When we can't see any tiny bit of light of hope, God is still there. And uh, sometimes we think the world is what we see it, and if we can't figure it out, then we're going to be discouraged. Well, no, God doesn't compel us to figure things out. He doesn't say, go ye therefore, figure everything out and, uh, and, and, and be assured unto yourself that you know what's... No, it's what is it? It's to trust in the Lord, to surrender to the Lord. And that's what we see the people did. So what was the response of the Jewish people? This is really interesting. So in Mordecai, verse one, chapter four, verse one. When Mordecai perceived all that was done... Mordecai rent his clothes and put on sackcloth with ashes and went out into the midst of the city and cried with a loud and bitter cry. So he's sackcloth and ashes, right? I mean, this is like desperate. And he's staying at his home. No, he is out crying out. People can see him. He is in desperation to the Lord. Uh, Now, mind you, He could be at home depressed, maybe drinking a little extra wine, trying to forget his troubles. 
That's not what God wants. When we have these struggles, he wants us to draw close to him. And that's what he did here. Mordecai, he, he, he knew where to go. He knew his hope, his only hope, his salvation was the Lord. And he wanted, and he didn't hide it. He wanted the world to see it. He's crying out to the Lord. Well, what about the Jewish people? Anyway, verse two. And came even before the king's gate, for none might enter the king's gate clothed with sackcloth. So he couldn't proceed beyond that because of how he was dressed. Verse three, and in every province, whithersoever the king's commandment and his decree came, because it went all across uh, out there, uh, there was great mourning among the Jews and fasting and weeping and wailing and many lay in sackcloth and ashes. Mind you, they weren't just, say, depressed and upset. Sackcloth and ashes, uh, fasting, wailing, they're crying out to God. They're crying out to God. They see their situation. They face the reality. They were not in denial. They weren't numb to it. Well, people are saying this, you know, it may not really happen. And things are, you know, no, they were not in denial. They looked at it straight in the face, number one. And number two, they cried out to God because they knew he was their hope and their strength. How many times do we in our society today as Christians um, oftentimes either A, minimize what's happening, decide not to pay attention to it, not to think about it. Ah, oh, this thing with Target and Bud Light. I just, uh, just turn off the TV. Let's just go play, you know, Parcheesi and let's just, you know, or whatever. Um, I'm dating myself here. So anyway, but the, the reality is, no, they were looking at it straight in the face and they cried out to the Lord. Oftentimes we, when we look at our challenges, what do we do? We get upset, don't we? We get angry, right? Do we cry out to the Lord? Do we look to the Lord? Do we understand that in the end it's the Lord? Because you know, when we don't put our trust in the Lord, in my life is what I've discovered. When I'm not fully trusting in the Lord, I'm keeping some of it for me. You know what that's translated as? It's, it's worry, anxiety, stress. The evidence of worry, anxiety, and stress is the, is the evidence of not trusting in the Lord and putting our hope in the Lord. I mean, he's proven himself. Over and over and over again. This, the God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever is right here. And we can put our hope and our trust in him to walk and go through and endure whatever it is we're facing in the world around us. Um, in fact, uh, do we have, I, I like the fact in the, in the Bible, uh, so many times the, the Lord makes it really clear in the New Testament that it's not going to be a cakewalk. There's no, when you come, a, come to a Christian, it's not going to, you're going to be happy, happy, happy all the time. Everything's going to be happy. No, it's going to be some tough times. You may lose your job. You may be attacked. You're going to have some struggles. You're going to have some, some uh, disappointments from your kids or your relatives or things aren't going to go right. You're going to have persecution. Uh, in Hebrews chapter 10, uh, it says, uh, it says, uh, actually, we're, well, I'll start with verse 31. Uh, it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. So God wants, we should be reverence God, but verse 32 says, but call to remembrance the former days in which after ye were illuminated, ye endured a great fight of afflictions. So that's what the church goes through. This is what happens. And uh, in fact, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, 
Uh, I believe verse 12, it says, Indeed, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Right? So we're going to face persecutions. This is the reality. And yet we have the hope and the promise um, of what's going to come. Down in verse 36, it says, for ye, have, have, for ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. Verse 37, for yet a little while, and ye that shall come will come and will not tarry. Uh, verse 38, now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Uh, verse 39, but we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe in the saving of the soul. And we've got that assurance. The early church went through it. No matter what we're going through, uh, we know we can put our trust and our hope in the Lord. Now, fast forward here. Uh, chapter 5, uh, Esther steps up. She makes her request. Um, uh, oh, actually, before we do, I want to uh, chapter 4, uh, verse 11 through 17. Let's take a look at that. So, because that's real important. Uh, all right. So, Mordecai is upset. People are mourning. Um, the word gets to, uh, and Esther, I guess she's not aware of what's going on. She's just in the, the palace and all. Verse 11 says, All the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces do know that whoever, uh, whosoever, whether man or woman, shall come unto the king into the inner court that is, that is not called, there is uh, one law of his to put him to death, except such to, him, to whom the, the king shall hold out the golden scepter that he may live. But I have not been called to come uh, in unto the king's these 30 days. So Mordecai sent the word to her, hey, we want you to step up, you know, and to, on behalf of the people to get the king to change his mind. She's saying, hey, wait a minute, I have not been called. If I go and I've not been called, he doesn't re- uh, extend his scepter, I'm dead. Verse 12, and they told uh, to Mordecai Esther's words. That was Esther relaying it back to Mordecai. The request to get involved, verse 13. Then Mordecai commanded uh, uh, to answer Esther, Think not with thyself that thou shalt escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. Verse 14. For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall there, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place, but thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed and who knoweth whether or thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? Mordecai made it really clear to her, Esther, it's not about you. Um, it's not about you. It's about you opening your eyes to how God wants to use you and where he puts you. Isn't that the exhortation for us? Sometimes we, whether it's that we're working or whatever it is, we just sort of see it as a, our jobs here and then our Christianity and our churches here. But no, we need to recognize the sovereign hand of God and where he places us to be used for him and have our eyes open to that. Mordecai was opening her eyes to, hey, look, the fact that you're even there for such a time as this, this may be the the reason you're there in the first place. As we look at how things play play out, yeah, that's exactly what we see taking place. And so, um, let's see, so more than the house of all Jews. Um, Verse 15, then Esther, 
bade them return Mordecai this answer. Go. This is Esther giving the, message, the response. Go. Gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan and fast ye for me. And neither eat nor drink three days, night or day. I also and my maid, maidens will fast likewise. And so will I go in unto the king, which is not according to the law. And if I perish, I perish. Notice her attitude. It wasn't, okay, I will go for the king. Because you're right. You know, I am a very commanding person. And I'm sure he's going to be very impressed. And I, the, way I, the way I walk, the way I talk, no. She wasn't, her trust was not in herself. Where was her trust? The trust was in the Lord. And she was willing, notice she said, and if I perish, I perish. Right? And that needs to be our attitude. I once talked to a group of, of pastors once in the Central Valley, Delano, I think it was. Um, and I said, what's the worst thing that can happen to you as pastors living for Jesus? Being bold with the gospel, not retreating. What's the worst thing that can happen? One pastor says, well, we could be put behind bars. I go, no, no, executed. That's the worst that can happen to you. So think about it. Is it really that bad? I mean, we're all going to pass away. Do you want to pass away in a hospital with an IV stuck to you for 30 days? Or do you want to go out with a bang for Jesus? To me, this is a no-lose proposition. I want to go out with a bang for Jesus. You know, in fact, there was a, one time I was preaching at a church. It almost happened, actually. I think it was at Calvary Chapel, I think up in uh, Arrowhead or Big Bear. I get those mixed up. And um, my wife was sitting in the back, and at the end of my, my sermon, she says, so what would you think of the message? This is where, we were early married at that time, no kids. What did you think of the message? And the man says, he's looking straight ahead. He goes, well, actually... I came here to shoot and kill Mr. Dacus. I brought my, my rifle. It's in my truck. But I thought I should hear what he has to say. And after hearing what he has to say, I changed my mind. And he walked out. And my wife was like, oh, that's nice. You know, it's like, what, what, what's she going to say? And she didn't tell me until we made it to the very bottom of the mountain because that winding road, you ever been up? Yeah, she's like, there's no way I want him, his mind on this, going down that mountain. So she waited, got down. Um, but you know what? That'd be an awesome way to go, is to go for Jesus. And we need to have that mindset. This is all temporary. We're, this is a train station. This isn't the end of the deal. This is just our temporary place. And when our train leaves, some different times, that's when it is. But uh, we can't be obsessed with the train station. That's just a purpose to prepare us and uh, to prepare for where we're going. And so, uh, so we see this is what's happened here. Uh, and, and so God wants us to, to, be, to be faithful and not to quiver. So anyway, so chapter 5. Anyway, so she uh, is strategic. She makes her, she appears, and she, instead of asking uh, to save the people right up front, she knows that Haman is the villain. Haman is the one who wants everyone dead. So she's, so she's very wise. God gives her wisdom. God gives us wisdom, right, to, on what to do. Sometimes I'll talk to people, and they're like, yeah, I'm going to be out here just doing this for Jesus. I'm like, okay, have you thought this through? I mean, really thought what was, what was wise and prudent. Um, you know, sometimes, it, it, you know, we can just be reactive. And being reactive sometimes is us acting out of our flesh and not out of the spirit, and seeking God's divine wisdom. 
and, uh, and guidance. I remember once, um, you know, when the churches were, sh- were shut down, they were all shut down. This is one of our cases we were involved in. And uh, I went ahead and, um, and they were getting advice from an attorney saying uh, on this conference call, yeah, all the churches should open up May 31st. And everyone should open up May 31st. I don't know if you remember this call, if you were on that call. And I, and I said, and the Lord gave me wisdom. And I said, you know, um, we need to look at the risk element for churches. Those in a strong positions in safe counties and cities, um, they should go forward. When you're in a battle, you have your strongest troops and artillery go first to break through, then followed up by your second tier, and then your finally your weaker tier to occupy. That's what we need to do here. Let the strongest churches with no risk all open up on May 31st. Those who have moderate risk open up the next two weeks, and then those with the greatest risk open up four weeks later. So they've got, so it's, it's using wisdom, and, that, and I, I believe God gave me that wisdom uh, to help the churches in that situation. But if we, sometimes we can just be, yeah, let's just do this and this, and we're not really seeking the Lord. And what we may think is courageous may actually be foolish because we haven't sought the Lord. Uh, but I believe she sought, I believe it, it, one way or the other, God gave her wisdom. And so she said, I want a banquet. Bottom line, she says, okay, let's give just a banquet with, uh, just with you, the king, and, and Haman, just the three of us. And so this is going on, and Haman, of course, thinks the banquet is because he's going to be given this great uh, reward, this big robe, and, and actually it's going to be for Mordecai, because it just so happens that the king couldn't sleep and went through the records, and in the records he heard about how Mordecai saved his neck and prevented two people from assassinating, killing him. I mean, just all, the, all this stuff works. It's incredible. You see God's hand moving throughout this. And so she had the dinner banquet. She said, by the way, this is my desire. Um, this guy's trying to kill all the Jewish people. I'm Jewish. And, um, and he, King was infuriated and had him killed on the post that he had made to kill Mordecai, have Mordecai hung on. Uh, and so, and then Mordecai was actually promoted, raised up, raised up um, and recognized uh, in chapter 7, uh, Haman was killed. Uh, chapter 8, verse 1. And this is where we're getting to where I really want to make a final point that are so important. Uh, verse, verse 1. On that day, the king Asherus gave the house of Haman, the Jews' enemy, unto Esther the queen. And Mordecai came before the king, for Esther had told him what was unto her. And the king took off his ring, which he had taken from Haman, and gave it unto Mordecai. And Esther set Mordecai over uh, the house of Haman. Uh, so now we see a major shift taking place. And uh, we see that there's a little dilemma. The king can't reverse his earlier, what was his, on, on his ring. But what he did say is, I tell you what, I'm going to empower the people of, of Israel, the Jews, to be able to defend themselves on that day of March the 7th. And he has, and there's Mordecai, who's now in this high position, a Jew, in, uh, probably an inspiration to the Jewish people to defend themselves. Um, and so they had, had this, this confidence that God gave them, this courage that God gave them. Uh, in chapter, and then verse 15, we see where it comes to fruition. And it says, And Mordecai went out from the presence of the king in royal apparel of blue and white and with great crown of gold and with a garment of fine linen and purple. And the city of Sheshan rejoiced and was glad. The Jews had light and gladness and the joy and honor, and in every province and in every city, whithsoever the king's commandment and his decree came, 
the Jews had joy and gladness, a feast and a good day, and many of the people of the land became Jews, for the fear of the Jews fell upon them. Now, many people could say, well, it would have been nice if, you know, at the end of the day, if this this never happened. You know, if Haman didn't have a bad attitude and that, that stuff, wouldn't it be? But no, no, no. See, God uses that which man means for evil, and he uses it for good, right? Uh, Joseph isn't the only story about this, right? Where he was sold into slavery, and he recognized that. This is God's hallmark. He is working. He knows humans. He knows what he's doing. And because of all this, many people became Jews and, uh, and, and came into line with the Lord's people. Uh, and, uh, and, and yet, and it was such a day of remembrance, they actually... Uh, it made this a special day of remembrance, uh, a holiday, if you will. Um, and, uh, and in so doing, it's called the, uh, uh, the Matters of Purim and uh, was, was used to rem- remember the work of God, and the, which was encouragement to the Jewish people to continue to move forward. And that's how, how God works. Now, grant, God has granted us miraculous favor uh, here in our country recently in a way that I believe is miraculous. Uh, a year ago, Roe versus Wade was overturned in the Dobbs decision. And it went back to the states so that the people can, can make changes. Over 25,000 precious little ones have been saved. Over 25,000. That's a conservative figure. Um, and the number is, 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 is growing. Uh, it was um, parents, the court said, states... Um, school vouchers to private religious schools for religious purposes, um, that's constitutional. Green light. And now we have states across the country putting, passing laws, you know, letting parents pull their kids out of public schools and putting them into private Christian schools where they're hearing the word. And then homeschooling is booming like never before. We had a huge homeschooling victory a number of years ago here in California, and it has exploded ever since then. It is now exploding even more. Uh, the work of God's moving with the freedom. Uh, the Supreme Court said we've had so many, we have like over 90 cases dealing with post, uh, employees who are being persecuted because of their faith and of losing their jobs for different reasons, pronouns, or because uh, they didn't want to vax, that violated their faith and convictions. And so we've had some difficulties because of the case law for five decades. Well, the Supreme Court came back and says, you know what? Uh, undue burden and hardship, employers, in order, if you're not going to accommodate these, these people of faith and their objections, you better show real undue burden and hardship, not just a little de minimis. You better show a s- substantial cost and expense to justify you're not accommodating these people of faith. We have over 90 cases in litigation. One of them against San Francisco has about 1,000 employees in that one case. And this is huge for us. It gives greater protection for people of faith in the workplace, public and private, than has existed probably in our nation's history. And it's now, and this is, this is God's granting us a favor and opportunity to boldly use it for the kingdom. Graphic design, business owners, they now have greater protection uh, in a very broad free speech way, not to have to compromise and say something or create something against their faith and convictions. This is miraculous. We're going to be using this so much to defend Christian business owners across the country. This is huge. It's, a, it's, it's, it's unbelievable, the, the favor. And even with the uh, affirmative action 
reversal. Uh, ESG, which has been used to try to, to, to raise up uh, people from the LGBTQ movement uh, in, a, in, in a way that's discriminatory against those who are not a part of LGBTQ, which, translation, Christians and Orthodox Jews, um, that's going to be, be, have major pushback of the ESG movement in America. Uh, it's incredible the, the favor that God has granted us, not through like, you know, one king. We actually, it's called six out of nine kings, if you will. But we're seeing that, that, that grace. And now the key is, are we going to be like the Jewish people? Are we going to be complacent? Are we going to be in denial? Do we even have a problem? Or are we going to boldly move forward and take advantage of the opportunity that God by his grace has given us to live and share the good news of Jesus like never before? He's granted us favor. He could have us all persecuted. We could go through great times of persecution. That happens. And we need to be willing to face it. But I see so much grace that he's given us an opportunity uh, to, to live for him. And with that opportunity comes also greater culpability. Because to whom much is given, much is required. We're held accountable to that which God has given us. And God wants us to be faithful. We at PJI have so many cases in ongoing litigation um, I'm not going to go through them for sake of time, and also um, because I know it's lunchtime, so I want to be sensitive because some of your stomachs I know are probably giving up. But um, uh, in the back, there's a sign-up sheet, and we'd love to keep you guys updated uh, with what we're doing, um, and uh, we'd love to you know, keep you aware of what's happening. If you just fill that out, you can leave it in the back there, and we'll keep you updated. You know, we're talking about living as Christians, but you know what's really sad? What's worse as from being a Christian and persecuted in the worst case scenario is to be not be a Christian at all. And why are some people non-believers? Uh, why do some people not know the Lord? Let's say that we knew the Lord was going to come tomorrow at 2.30. What would you be thinking and feeling? This is a good sort of a test of whether or not you know the Lord, I think. Whether or not it's in your heart. Uh, would it be, oh, shoot, at 3.30 I have a big real estate deal? Or... Uh, I'm supposed to go out on a great date with this awesome girl or, or guy. Um, that's a good indicator that your heart really doesn't know Jesus. Because if you know Jesus, you're going to want to be with Jesus. Another part might be that you may say, oh, shoot, I, I may go to church. I may have gone through confirmation. I may have gone through confession. I may have gone to uh, church camp. But I don't, I don't really know Jesus. Uh, because I've got this sin in my life, and I don't, I don't think God will take me because I've got all this ugly sin in my life. In fact, you say, it's, 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 the shame is so great, this dark closet that I've got. And everyone has one, for the record. But you say, but my dark closet is so shameful. How can God forgive me for this? Because I can't even forgive myself. You know what you're saying? It's like walking up to Jesus Christ on the cross. And just picture him there on the cross, dying and bleeding for your, for your sins, to pay your, your, your death penalty, which is the wages of sin is death, right? And he's paying that on the cross to cover your sins. And you walk up to him and you say, nice try, Jesus. But you see, for me, that's just not good enough. And I believe he responded to that lie very well when he said, it is finished. And all we have to do is to believe it, that it and receive his forgiveness and his payment for our sins on the cross and surrender our lives to him. 
And he will take that sin as as separate as far as the east is from the west. And we'll be white as snow because we'll be covered by by Jesus' blood on the cross. He will pay for that sin. And right now could be the time for you to receive that. He takes us right where we are. Doesn't require us to be a certain way, spiritual. Doesn't require us to get rid of all our sinful activities or whatever first. No, no. He takes us right where you are because it's only through him that we're going to have vic- you're going to have victory anyway. And so now right now you can make